0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. In today's show, we will have our weekly interview with Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals. So let's get right into that. Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals joins us, as he does every week. First of all, Ken, an unusual night for you. You are staying in a hotel. Explain (laughs) that one for folks, because there's a lot of things with teams that goes on that most fans don't know, so give us a scoop here.
1: I'm new to it. I guess we didn't really have, uh, I guess, a real fall camp, you would say, last season. It was just kind of like a continuation of practice. But um, I guess normally what teams do is they put teams into a hotel for the couple weeks that we're in fall camp. And so that's where we're all at right now. We uh, don't go back to our dorm rooms for anything. We packed up. Uh, we're sleeping in here with roommates. And I think, you know, it's, you know, our coach's effort to try and just for two weeks make it nothing. But, you know, our teammates and football bring guys close together. So. It's kind of cool. I, I enjoy sleeping in. It's a, bigger than my twin bed in my dorm room, so it's a, it's nice sleeping in a nice queen now. So,
0: any nice amenities the dorm room doesn't have?
1: TV. Um, it actually has a porch. Uh, we're in the Holiday Inn right next to the uh the stadium, so they got like little porches. And the the other night they actually had a Dan and Shay playing at uh, Centennial Park, so <laughs> a lot of us were just sitting on our porch like listening to the music. So it's kind of cool.
0: Balconies were just asking for trouble when I was in school. Because things could be <laughs> yeah. thrown off them. And I mean, God knows what, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, by the time that we get back, it's like nine or 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, we're already exhausted as it is. So I think the throwing and the shenanigans are definitely cut to a minimum for us. So well,
0: I think your coach will be happy to hear about that. Well, Ken, I last <laughs> saw you on Saturday at an inter-squad scrimmage where they split the teams up. And the story of the day was that the defense kind of won it. Uh, But explain just how the scrimmage went and how the teams were divided. And, like, the offensive line was not a cohesive unit together because you had starters on different teams and such. So just kind of tell us what happened and and maybe what you took away from yesterday.
1: Yeah, so we split up the teams into uh, black and gold teams. It was really just split – To my knowledge, randomly, Uh, we put you know enough for each team to have a full offense and a full defense, and the premise of it was coach Lee wanted to see us compete and he wanted to see us come together as our individual teams, and you know obviously we're playing each other, but find an opponent to match up against and try and beat, and so that that was the whole idea behind it, and you know we had some starters on each side, uh, starters on the O line, you know freshmen that were just getting in there, and so I think. You know, especially for those younger guys on the offensive front, uh, it's tough earlier on when you don't know as much defenses might come a little faster than offense. You know, because offense has to be, you know, one unit all clicking together and working and communicating Um, defense. You can kind of like rely on athleticism, I feel like, a little bit more. But that's my opinion on it. And so the defensive side of it is kind of what we were able to see was the offense maybe not having enough time to get everything going together. But um, I, I feel very confident about where we're going as an offense, and honestly, it's good to see that our defense is giving us the work because it it makes me more confident, and at least I can feel like, you know, at least what the other quarterback's gonna feel like uh, whenever they're playing other teams next season. So, it's um, it's good to see, and you want both sides to be successful, and I think there were times when both sides were. I, when I was playing for my team, we had a long like ninety yard drive, uh, drove it all the way down the field, and scored. The other guys had uh, drives that led to touchdowns, a couple of field goals. So I think we did some good things on offense. I think defense, Yeah, you know, I think there was like, what, nine plays inside the five-yard line that they held them, like, by resetting penalties and uh, didn't let them score. Ended up having to kick a field goal. So that was huge for the defense. And um, it, it was fun. I, th- I think the biggest part about it, is it was fun. and It was competitive. And I think that's everything Coach wanted it to be, so...
0: Well, I think we talked about this maybe a little bit last week and apologies if we have, but for people that didn't hear it maybe the first time around, Jesse Minner's bunch really throws a lot at you guys, it seems to
1: yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, he, he's and I don't know if that's just because he's kind of like a an NFL guy and that's just what they ran. They had, you know, some crazy players on the Ravens that, you know, could do some crazy stuff, but some of the stuff that they do, I'm watching on film the next day. And I'm just like, I have no idea, especially whenever we get in third and long, like, Lord help us, what we're going to call on third and long, because there's no creating any time for us to get the ball off. They're bringing some crazy stuff. And sometimes it's just like simulated pressures and they'll still rush four guys, but it feels like there's 14 players on the field, you know? So it's uh, a, it's really cool. All the, I talk to the defense players and all the defense players loves the schemes that, He's running and um, everything that they're doing on that side of the ball. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to hear about kind of the intricacies, I guess, of the defense, you could say.
0: Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun to watch. It is just amazing to me. And th- there's two things that have really stud- stood out. One is the conditioning. I'll get to that in a minute. But just the way that you guys have been able to process such information, because you guys do a lot of things. I think it's safe to say this is not an offense that you can just peg as they do this or they do that. You guys do a lot of things on your side of the ball, too. But as I'm just watching on both sides of the ball, it just looks to me like a pretty well-coached team. And, look, I don't want to make too much of mm-hmm. of August practices, right? So I'm not suggesting people take leaps here. But – I think you can tell, you know, early in camp, that's where you guys iron out the bugs and those things. To me, I just see when I watch you guys on both sides of the ball, it just seems like you guys are ready for whatever the coaches are throwing at you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of what it feels like, too. Um, Everyone that I've talked to thinks that the coaches we have now are super smart and great at what they do. And I think – as far as building relationships with guys, like that's like one of the key parts. Is obviously we trust the philosophies and the styles of offense and defense they're putting in. Uh, Coach Rye and Coach Lynch, obviously, are the guys that I work with, and I love everything that we're doing on offense. And it is a lot. It's a lot more than what I had to do last year, um, but I like that. I think it should be a step up from what I was doing as a freshman. So working that progression and hopefully taking that next step and the next level of my game. Um, And I think it's a lot more uh, pro style, to be honest. I think that can translate to the level after college, too. So it's uh, exciting to see. A lot of times we'll be watching, like, cut-ups of the plays that we're going to be running that, you know, we're installing but we haven't ever really ran yet in practice. And it'll be like NFL teams or like Drew Brees or like Dak Prescott running the play and I'm like there's no way like this is so cool like watching NFL tape of like this stuff and you know you got like DeAndre Hopkins or whatever catching the pass for like 40 yards and it's uh, it's interesting just because coach Rye has been a part of that uh, system and that kind of that game for so long but yeah I think all of our coaches are really smart and uh, they know what they're doing.
0: The other thing that stands out is the conditioning and look I get that things haven't taken their toll yet with injuries and fatigue but a lot of times in camp you see guys that are struggling especially with the heat and things like that and you guys don't exactly play slow i mean you you're up there pretty quickly and getting things done it seems to me like i think that your team is in better shapes than some of the ones that i that i've seen in recent camps at Vanderbilt. Maybe I'm taking license here, but it just seems to me like you guys are in so much better shape than some of the teams that I have seen in the recent past.
1: That's really interesting because I've uh, honestly, it's something that I've been wondering because we've done so much conditioning and everyone from teams in the past, like part of the 2019 and 2020 teams, you know, and before that, even, they're like, this is nothing like the, the summer workouts, the, Fall conditioning, it's nothing like we've done in the past. You know, our goal is to be the best mentally and physically conditioned team in the country. And that's been the agreed upon goal since Coach Lee has gotten here, that we are going to be in better shape than anyone else that we play. And that's been kind of what all of our training in the offseason has been based around. And as fast, you know, I like that uh, you thought it was fast. As fast as we went, you know, we got in trouble for going too slow in the in the spring game or the the fall camp scrimmage. So, yeah, it's something we've definitely been working on, but I think it'll pay off. We've, we've been putting in a lot of hard work to that.
0: Yeah, when I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but you're only your second year on campus. You've got teammates who've been there four and five. So when you guys talk, are they telling you, yeah, this is – way more than we've done in terms of strength and conditioning. Because look, last year not only were freshman, you had COVID, which is just kind of weird. So I don't know how valid a year to year comparison as that is, but when you talk right. to guys who've been there under more nor- normal circumstances for longer, is that what they're saying? Is that it's a lot different than what they've done in the past.
1: Yeah. I mean we'll come out of workout sometimes and guys will be like, that was the hardest workout I've ever done in my life. You know, it's like those are those are the conversations that we're having after workouts and it's like it got to the point where it was like every week we had a new hardest workout and we're like trying to rank the workouts and like the hardest that we've ever experienced. And it was really, really, and you even got to saw You saw the, um, the last one that we had on Thursday on a Thursday, it was, I mean, that one was just like a sled circuit and we'd ended up doing like tug of war and like half gassers at the end. It's, it was getting crazy. And you know, that's, that's the part where I would love to see like, the conditioning, uh, the conditioning, I guess, drills and the work that other schools are doing all around the country, what their player loads on their catapults are looking like compared to ours. Like, I really want to know if like, this is something because obviously everyone's like, yeah, this is just not even close to what we've done in the past. But I'm interested to see is like, is this what we've been missing out on? Like, is this how much everyone else has been doing or are we just elevating it that much more so i i honestly in my heart and everyone else agrees that there's no one that's doing it like we are right now and it's given us that confidence right now to go into the games knowing we're in better shape than those guys and i think whenever we play those fast-paced teams whenever we play the guys that you know got two or three deep on their roster of you know, high four-star athletes, whatever, you know, because you're in the SEC, some dudes are going to have that. I think that's going to give us that extra edge to keep pushing and keep our top guys in longer in the game and be able to start to wear out opponents that way. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's been different in the past.
0: This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list, it testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore athletics. His support as the title sponsor for season seven is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. What is different about this staff's approach on strength and conditioning? Because I know the last one, a lot of times, it was a lot of focus on flexibility and things. And one knock that some people had was that the players weren't as strong. And, I mean, I've got my own opinions about this, but I want to hear from your mouth what is different in terms of how the workouts are structured, what the goals are, anything like that that can give insight on what's changed from last year.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I I knew Coach Dobson and his staff, and he's still around, and I still see him, and uh, I, I love Coach Dobson. I think everyone loves Coach Dobson, and he was a great strength coach, and we all, you know, loved working hard for him. Coach Horgan has, I guess you could say, like, a screw loose, <laughs> maybe one more screw loose than what Dobson had, you know? <laughs> and so it's just working out with him and for him is just so much, like, it's it's an experience. Like, I try and tell, like, my friends and my family sometimes about, like, just the stuff that he'll do and say. Like, just, like, out of nowhere, just, like, punch the – I can't tell you how many clipboards we've broken in workouts. Every day, it was, like, for a week. Every day for a week, he would come, like, meet us at the front doors of the weight room and then just smash a clipboard, whether it's, like, over his head, over his knee or just, like, break it with his hands or slam it against the wall – Like, we had had to have ordered so many clipboards in the summer because we were breaking so many of them. He would just punch trash cans, like talk to weighted plates and stuff. Whenever we first met him, we were like, this dude is crazy. And it was hilarious to all of us. But the workouts compared to what they were under Dobson are a lot more structured and supervised, I'd say. Uh, under the last strength staff, we had a um, we had a sheet, you know, just just to get a feel for how workouts were. We had a sheet in like a filing cabinet, and everyone had their own little file, and they'd pull out their workout sheet, and it was kind of what we did for the week. It had the the workouts for each day, and had it for the whole week on that piece of paper. And there was like bolded sets where if it was bolded, you have to get it supervised by one of the strength coaches, and they'd like check it off that you got that rep or whatever or how many reps it was. And so it's kind of on you. And a lot of guys finished earlier than others. Some guys got some extra work. Uh, some guys probably didn't get all the reps that they were supposed to. And no one was really, like, watching their weight or checking it. Going to this year now, I think for the first month, we didn't even, like, use the barbell. Everything we did was with plates. And We did, like, plated squats, plated push-ups, like, plate raises, plate curls, like, everything. Like, plate rows. And we just did everything with a plate, and eventually we were taught the workouts, and you know I guess how most new strength staffs do taught how the lifts work, the different movements uh, that you know we want to be safe, we want to hurt ourselves. The one thing that still hasn't changed is we count out every rep, and you know we got to be loud, we got to have energy. If we don't have energy, you know, core gonna flip a gasket and get pissed at us, and you know start screaming, and you know that's that's the or you don't want to see you we count every rep uh we're loud everyone's like cheering each other on it's a lot more vocal and energized and i think you know that's the approach that we take to the weight room uh in coach lee's mind is going to be the approach that we take to the field you know once you step in the weight room you attack it like it, there should be a change in mindset and attitude and emotion once you cross the doors to lift and so before every workout we're outside the locker room the doors are closed and we pick one of the guys who's ever in our workout group to let us in and he'll you know bang on the door and we all get high he's like ready, we all scream ready and he's like let's go we all run in take our racks you know and it's just a, a lot more energetic than i guess what it had been in the past and uh honestly it's extremely refreshing like not feeling like tired or like exhausted or you know, I guess sleep deprived even. You know when you haven't had enough sleep and you got to go work out, it's just kind of like I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I can. You know this isn't fun. Whenever like I'm feeling like that and have those sort of days, you can step into the weight room. Everyone's bringing energy, and it's almost like all right, I'm gonna bring it too. And it kind of just goes away for that hour and a half we're in the weight room. And so whenever we talk about the different workouts this year compared to last year it's like it's so much more energetic and so much more fun just being in the weight room and i think we work out for 30 minutes longer than we did last year and you know they're a lot more intense than what we what we were doing even in the hardest parts of last year so it's uh it's interesting well i've spent so much time in the weight room i could keep going on and on about the lessons that we're learning in there But I really do feel like everything that's happening in those weight room and those weight racks is going to translate on the field that from the attitude, the mindset, the energy, the communication, even all of it's going to have a huge impact on the way that we talk and the way that we play on the field, too. Ken, I know that the nutrition
0: aspect has changed, too. I think you've got more supplements and things available to you or, or maybe snacks or I don't know how you want to put it, but what's different in terms about uh, the training table and the nutrition and all those things as compared to last year?
1: We have a training like a fueling station now. They they kind of redid the whole hallway leading up to the weight room, and one of the things they added was a fueling station. It's really nice. They got like fridges that you can access. It's like a kind of a barish kind of thing. They make smoothies and they have snacks behind the counter and like a fridge, and then behind all of it's like a storage room where they keep all the other food. But they have like fridges that we can access like from the hallway that have like different recovery drinks whether it be like propels or gatorades or you know cherry juices or protein cherry juices like different things like that a big thing that we're doing right now for fall camp is uh they are absolutely pounding us with like the salty snacks the gatorades we have this stuff like called right stuff it's like this really salty. It's got like 1700 milligrams of sodium in one little packet. And we'll like mix it with our Gatorades and they'll make us drink like two of those during the day for practice. Before we start our fall camp practice, they make us take off all of our clothes. They weigh us After practice, we'll come back and then they'll weigh us again and see how much water weight we've lost, obviously with all of our clothes off so the sweat isn't like weighing us down or anything. And personally, I'm losing like three to five pounds uh, a workout or a practice. They have like this metric or computer system where it tells you like this is how you need to refuel your body to like make sure that you'll be able to perform tomorrow. So like, all right, you need a right stuff, a Gatorade and a cherry juice, you know, or, or you need two water bottles and a right stuff, you know, different, different things like that. You know, it's based off of your body type and body weight, um, how much weight you lost in the workout, you know, different things like that. But getting hydrated is a big emphasis on them. And they're, they're there in the Hendricks, uh, cafeteria, whenever we get breakfast, lunch and dinner, and, you know, there's been a couple of times I have to go back through the line and get more carbs or get more protein or, you know, whatever, like, Hey, you know, half your plate needs to be carbs or there's no green on this plate. Ken. <laughs> and so I have to go get some broccoli or whatever it is. It's been cool. You know, and there's more people doing it. I think last year uh, Blair was our nutritionist and she kind of had to do the whole football team by herself. It seemed like, but um, it seemed, we have, now we have like three nutritionists that help out and, they help you know watch our food and you know check and make sure that we're hydrating and take our weights. and they're all able to help out with a different things, like take attendance at different meals too, making sure that we're at you know breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. So it's um it's things like that. It's cool. Uh, and I really like it
0: in terms of sleep and monitoring that and rest and recovery, how hands on is the football staff with you guys with that?
1: They more facilitate it, I feel like. Um, they just are like, hey, you, sleep, you need to know that sleep is important. And so they're pretty much like, you're going to have this amount of time off before you have to wake up, make sure you're getting seven to eight hours of sleep, you know, seven at the minimum. I think you know, a big thing that what Coach Lee wants to do is practice in, in the later afternoon uh, next season. And that's really just to obviously, you know, we're not going to, play games earlier in the morning so if you train your body to wake up early in the morning and perform at that time then that's what time your you know natural body clock is going to be ready to perform on a saturday you know and you know we're not really playing it you know six in the morning or seven in the morning on saturdays you know so that's interesting but another aspect of that too is you know if you got to stay up late you know like till 11 o'clock doing homework or midnight whatever and you know you have to wake up at Five thirty or six for practice the next morning, like that's not good for you to get your optimal sleep and optimal recovery. So having practice later in the afternoon is more like, all right, if you do stay up, don't do it. But if you do, make sure you get all those eight hours that you need, so that way you're completely rested and recovered. So whenever we have practice in the afternoon, you can give it all you got. So a lot of that's like educational stuff, like hey, here's the benefits, here's what you're gonna get out of it. You know, this is why you should do it and you should be paying attention to this like sleep is the f- foundation of everything that you're doing it's the the bottom building block of you know eating right working out you know hydrating without sleep none of it happens so if you you know want to take protein or whatever know that sleep is just as important as taking your post-workout protein shake. so
0: well so that we can get you some sleep let's go ahead and go to the mailbag if that's cool uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell at 615 See what your rights are and if they can help. Bobby Two Times asks, how much of the offensive playbook has been installed to this point? Also, do you have the ability to change the play at the line of scrimmage or even the freedom to call a play when the team is going up-tempo?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would like to think probably about like 90% of the offense is in right now. I think we installed most of it in the spring. And right now we've installed just about everything that we have in the spring. There's a couple plays that we're going to add this next week. From what I've heard from coach, most of it's all in. We're just perfecting it now as far as like operation at the line of scrimmage and like going against the defense and stuff there is a lot more freedom than what I had last year to make changes and you know change a play whether I like it or not whether it be you know individual receivers or like a big thing is like if we're in like a two by two concept and you know I see some concept to the field that isn't going to work out you know I can you know get us to something better or if we're running a play and they're spinning safeties down towards the direction that we're running the football, like, Hey, flip the play and run the other way, run away from the rotation, you know? So a lot of that too is, you know, obviously a big responsibility on me, but it's making me learn a lot more about the defense and being a lot more sound uh, with my defensive reads and keys, which is something that, you know, as a freshman last year, I wasn't the best at. And I think, you know, Working with Coach Lynch and Coach Rye, both of them have been around the game for a long time and having both of their inputs have really helped me so far. As far as calling my own play, I'm not sure. Maybe, you know, they trust me and I get to the point where I can do that eventually. But right now, I haven't called any of my... We we actually do have a period in practice. Uh, It's like a little competition period. It's called three ball. Quarterbacks take sides and, you know, they have their receivers. It's a seven-on-seven type format. We started the 35-yard line and 35, like, yards to score. So, like, the opposite 35. And uh, we get three plays, and if you don't score, you have to kick a field goal. So, really, it's just, like, you're two, and then do you want to try and go for the end zone on the third play, or do you want to take the field goal? So, it's kind of a competition piece. And that one is, like... We call our own plays like, all right, the quarterback's running the show. It's like, all right, what hash do you want to start on? Get them in the right formation, right personnel. Here's the first play. Call it, run it. All right, you have 20 seconds till it's delay a game, you know, to get the play in in 20 seconds. So, all right, you just gained 15 yards. You're on the 20-yard line. All right, what do you want to run? You want to run, you know, a bunch formation, formations, spread it out, you know, whatever we're calling our own plays then I don't think that's conditioning us to call our own plays but it's definitely made me more comfortable to do so if you know we ever got in a situation like that but you know it, it'd be really interesting to see if they let me have some sort of freedom like that but uh, I don't think so right now
0: Murray Harris asks have you ever gotten to have a football conversation with Kyle Shermer? if so what advice did he
1: give So the interesting thing about last year was Kyle was on, like, I don't know what his title was, but he was almost like an assistant or not like a coach on the staff, but like just there, like helping with the offense last year. He was there all the way up until like, I think Tennessee, like he was, I I got to talk to him before every single game last year and watched film with him. And Jordan Matthews was there. So there was sometimes I'm like during the fall last season, I'm sitting up there with Kyle Shermer, Jordan Matthews in the film room, and they're just like going back and forth, talking to each other about the different looks. And I'm, you know, <laughs> 19 years old, like trying to write everything down. And I have my notes still from those, uh, those film uh, sessions. And it was really cool. And at the time, obviously, I knew what was happening. I was like, wow, this is Kyle Sherman, and Jordan Matthews, like talking football right in front of me. So like, I feel like I wish I would have appreciated it more because I I miss having both those guys around. But Kyle's a cool dude. He's kind of cut to the point, no BS, dry guy with me. Um, from what I've heard from other people, he's super silly dude and you know can cut up and be funny. But definitely around the game, he did not have that attitude. And around football, he was definitely you know very serious and extremely smart about everything that he was talking about you know like talking about how you know the defense is this sort of leverage on the receivers and you know the backers are boss to the formation you know and so that means this the defensive line can only go here and here and here you know the defense has to stay gap sound so you know if they're in under front to the field you know it's just like crazy stuff that you know me just getting out of my senior year of high school i'm like wait what's an under front like i was like back up five steps before you start talking to me it was really cool and the biggest thing that i tried to get from him was his advice you know playing as a freshman and even playing at vanderbilt not too long ago and he obviously was really smart about the x in his nose but it was the advice that he would give me before a game you know after a game um even uh that i really you know was able to absorb it was stuff like you know sometimes you you want to obviously we both love football and you know you want to commit to it all the time but he was always like you know man there's some times when you just gotta like take a break like don't don't kill yourself with this and you know i can kind of see that maybe you know his dad being an nfl coach he had always been around it you know that's all he really knew and so you know the guys would tell me he'd be in the team room watching film like till nine o'clock at night every night or whatever like on his own and I'm just like, geez, like hearing those stories about him watching film, like I got a long way to go. But, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, there might be, you know, some some stuff that he talks about, at least like wish you would have enjoyed it more. Uh, just having fun playing the game, not making it so, you know, so much a job. And so that that kind of allowed me to loosen up a lot. You know, And he talked to me afterwards. You know, he was up in the box, so I wouldn't talk to him until halftime um he'd come down like hey just relax like you're good like don't try and force the throws know what you're seeing like you have time in the pocket don't freak out just be cool be yourself have fun out there and it was it was honestly really cool um i'd I'd love for him to be able to come back but i don't know how possible that is but he was he was definitely a big help to me in my development last year
0: Dorking says, uh, this is a good segue to this question. How many former – or are there many former players, especially current or former pros, around the program much? Can you explain their involvement, if any, and how they're able to help and impact the program? Obviously, you just named two. Any other former players you see around
1: very much? I mean, Coach McKenzie was a player here. Uh, He's he's our running backs coach. And so um, I don't really uh, talk to him too much about his experience here. The other day, actually, I got to see – Jordan Rogers came into the meeting room and sat down and talked to us and uh, got to talk to him a little bit about football and the whole NIL stuff. And then we got to talk about his show on uh, the bachelor, the Bachelorette, or whatever it was um, and uh, his relationship with his wife, which was kind of funny. And we talked a little bit about that. And, um, it, it was cool, but I uh, talked to him for a little bit. Um, I think uh, we saw a lot of uh, alumni in the summer last season, coach Lee, Uh, really wanted to bring guys back into the program. And so it was like for a couple weeks, like every weekend, he'd have like three guys that either he used to play with or were on the team like before or after him uh, that would come up and just talk to us. And they'd tell us, you know, what they were doing now, what they studied, um, their experience playing Vanderbilt football. And uh, it was, you know, like an hour-long kind of, you know, conversation that – they would have with the whole team and it was really cool we got to interact with all of them and talk to them and a couple of guys get their contacts you know whether it be for future business interests if they were doing something that you know we liked or um you know internships maybe for some guys um so that was really cool but he's talked a couple of times about getting former players up here um coach lee has about getting them around the program saying what's up talking to the team so coach lee definitely seems big into getting guys back on campus. And, you know, him being an alumni too, I think is a a big part of why he wants to connect those people back to the program and get them invested because he feels like there can be more there for us as far as, you know, the people that have already been here investing back into us.
0: Theodore Eight asks, which player on offense and defense have really stood out to you the most in fall camp? And is there anyone who's really exceeded expectations or has worked or who has worked especially hard?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think kind of on offense, uh, Will Shepard's a guy, at receiver, that has really been coming alive for us. Uh, he's taken a huge step from where he was at last year and um and, and to me uh, I still kind of wonder why he didn't play as much last season you know he had the really crazy catch um against florida you know the one-handed snag over the dude and so it was just kind of like you know why didn't why didn't we see him in the game more um i think he'll be definitely uh, another guy that i'll be looking to get the ball to uh this season um as far as on defense anthony orgies and. Um, one of the linebackers that keeps giving us problems. Uh Davian Davis on the front line. Uh he's a big dude. Obviously he's been a good player. Um Alex Williams is a transfer from Ohio State that we're just gonna be getting to see for the first time this season. He um uh, wasn't playing last year. But um so this will be his first time playing. And um I think that guy is gonna he, he can be really special. He, he he seems like a really good player. We got a couple young guys in the secondary too, um Marlon Sewell um, he's a corner that you know just got here this summer as a freshman. Tyson Russell, John House—they're two freshman corners that uh, came in early. So I think the defense has some has some good young guys that are going to be pretty good for us. Um, even um Mike's little brother Taco Wright—he's uh, you know just as fast as Mike is. So he's a he's a really good athlete out there on defense. Um, I'd say the linebackers probably you know put in the most work when you talk about position groups. Those guys, you know. Well, I, I see those guys out on the field all the time, and they move as a group everywhere together. They're inseparable pretty much. They love hanging out with each other, and they're constantly getting work on the field. So it'll be exciting to see those guys work this season.
0: Who's the one guy across the line of scrimmage, uh, if you can name one, when you, when you look up and you're like, oh, man, I really would prefer not to deal with you today? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, as far as like on our defense, Yes, it's hard to say. I don't know if I want to give out that sort of information, but um there's definitely some guys on the front line that are giving me problems right now. I especially in the scrimmage, we got some dudes up front that are pretty intimidating and I think are going to have a really good year this year. Okay,
0: I think this will be the last one tonight. Dorking asks, other than the Vandy sports deal, have you signed or been approached regarding NIL deals? Are you aware of any of your of your
1: teammates receiving deals? There's a couple guys that I talked to that have done stuff. Uh, I think Ray Davis, our running back, he's um, signed some uh, cards or something. I'm not entirely sure. Honestly, there's not a lot going on uh, as far as the whole NIL stuff. Mike Warden he's uh, one of our centers he got uh, like a bunch of like free like uh wet wipes you know like toilet paper wipes from this co- place called dude wipes or whatever <laughs> apparently he got like hundreds of packets of them and so uh I took a couple of them so I've been using some dude wipes uh they're like mint chill flavor <laughs> or whatever it's really weird but um there's not too much going on for me there was this uh I I have a um you know i guess you call it an agent or whatever an nil agent that um i work with now and uh he was talking to me about like a ftx uh, cryptocurrency was asking about me and they're having a meeting later this week uh is going to keep me updated on that but haven't really signed anything uh right now um and honestly not really wanting to sign anything i don't want to be kind of like a a walking advertisement as much as you know college is changing right now i kind of want to keep my focus on the game you know and something like this i felt like you know isn't really taking my attention away from the game if anything it's making me focus more on it and so that's why you know doing something like a podcast talking to you know you guys is you know something that's really interesting and i really enjoyed doing and it was something that i wanted to do as far as you know like making a bunch of money off of like ads and different stuff like that like i'm not too interested in it but You know, at the same time, like, I guess I'm not going to say no. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a weird situation. Obviously, if someone wants me to post something on my Instagram for like a day and they're going to pay me for it, like, you know, shoot, I might as well. You know, it's kind of the give and take of it. It's hard to explain, but.
0: So if Dude Wipes comes calling, you're available. Oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> you know, honestly, I've been very pleased with the product lately, so that's a little free advertisement to Dude Wipes.
0: Uh, I see what you're doing right there. <laughs> well, Ken, thanks for joining us tonight. I want to let you go so you can get some sleep. Uh, we're doing this Sunday night, and I know you've got to get up and there's no such thing as an off day for you guys. It, it seems yeah. like, uh, so with that, I want to give you a chance to tell folks where to find you on Twitter and any social media accounts that you'd like to promote.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ken seals QB on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Ken underscore seals A. Uh, yeah. Give me a follow. Reach out to me.
0: All right. Thanks Ken. Uh, appreciate you joining us tonight and we'll catch up with you next week.
1: Yep, thank you, and thank all you guys for tuning in and listening.
0: You bet. That's Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk, and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrisley70 at gmail.com.